Good morning, everybody. Woo! Can you hear me? <laughs> How's everybody doing? We are entering, we have entered October. And if you notice all the fall, today should be the last day of the um, high temperatures. And then I was looking at the weather app and they're going to start going down. So, woohoo! Praise God for that. Who's ready for some cooler weather? <laughs> um, as many of you know or don't know, we have started up. Um, meet and greet, but first we're going to do the um, Confession for America. So if everybody can stand up, please, and let's speak some words. Let's pray for our country that we so love. Okay, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, Justice and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, continue standing like I was saying we have uh, started up meet and greet again and um, if you don't feel comfortable because of health reasons that's fine but I want to challenge you if you are an introvert like me who is naturally shy and reserved um, who's an introvert introvert in here raise your hand okay Jesse is not Sabrina you're not an introvert <laughs> you're more <laughs> Who's extroverts in here? Extroverts, like, woo! There you go. Okay, so I'm challenging you, challenging you introverts to go and say hi to at least two people. So get out of your seats, okay? So let's go. Boast in the resurrection 
in Jesus Christ, jewels in her inside God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him, the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. Creation joins to praise Him. Our God is great, our God is great. The sinner found salvation. Our God is great, our God is great. The church of Christ proclaims it. Our God is great, our God is great. His kingdom shouts and sings it. Our God is great, our God is great. Our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth. Confess to Him the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great, our God is greatly to be praised. Nothing in all the earth compares to Him the God of glory and of grace. Our God is great, our God is great. So we want to, if there are any, is there any first timers here or anybody who has, who has been here, who hasn't been here in a long time? Any first timers? Woo! We got some over here. Welcome. Glad to have y'all. And I have, um, I have my brother here. He's from Texas. He's a truck driver. He's been kind of passing through. And so he's kind of a first timer. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're glad to have y'all. And uh, this morning, you may be wondering why Julie and I are up here instead of uh, Pastor Dave and Katie. But uh, as many of you might ha- may or may not have heard, uh, Pastor Dave had a little major, minor, I don't know, a, poli- uh, uh, a little uh, a medical procedure uh, last Wednesday. He actually had a little bit of stomach pain going on, so he went to the hospital to get checked out. And they said, uh, you actually have appendicitis. So they uh, removed his appendix. And uh, like I, I told some of you on Wednesday that this actually settles our childhood bet of whose appendix would last the longest. <laughs> and so uh, afterwards, he owes me five bucks, I think. Or, I, mean, I think it might actually have been three baseball cards. So I expect those baseball cards. Yeah, he'll sign them for me. Um, but yeah, uh, so today we're just going to have a great, awesome service. Uh, we'd ask that you... He did just have a pretty major medical procedure, so... Uh, if you can, just respect uh, his uh, personal spaces bubble today. And he'll, they'll probably sneak out of here a little bit early uh, at the end just because he needs to get home and rest. But uh, even though I asked him to stay home today, he wouldn't listen to his, his dear older brother. <laughs> I mean, everybody doesn't realize, but I am the older brother, and he wouldn't listen to me. So 
He's here, but please respect his space today, even though he loves you all and would love to give you all a great big hug, but probably not for the best today. He just couldn't stay away, so I'm glad y'all are here, but yeah. Okay, and he's doing well, so hallelujah. They get a break. Um, okay, so I just wanted to go over some announcements. Um, so membership class was supposed to be tonight, but we're going to move that um, to Sunday, October 17th from 4 to 7 p.m. We are having free child care. Um, so I'm going to have uh, pass this around again. So if you want to sign up, please do. Uh, Pastor Dave will be preaching that, and he does a great job. <laughs> so um, let's see. And then this Friday, oh, is it this Friday already? Women's meeting? Woohoo! Where's all the women in the house? Woo! Where's Sabrina? <laughs> That's going to be at 6:30 uh, Friday. So bring. Oh, are we having Mexican? Oh, I think we're having Mexican. We'll confirm that. But uh, so um, bring some Mex- bring some food. <laughs> um, Harvest Fest is going to be Friday, October 29th. Um, so if, if you want to give into that financially, uh, please do. Uh, we're going to have uh, try to have food um, prepared so nobody has to make food. And then we're also, um, make sure you bring in candy if you can because we want to bless the kids. And that is going to be in-house. We're not doing a big old um, citywide thing. It's going to be in-house. Um, and we want to bless everybody here, all the kiddos. Um, also, one more thing. Desiree wanted me to remind you to check your emails about schedules and be sure to respond to them. I know I need to do that. I need to check my planner. And um, and if you're not receiving emails, please see Des. I don't know where she's at. Oh, there's Des right there. Des, wave your hand. Everybody knows Des, right? And then um, afterwards, general store. Uh, we're going to have general store upstairs. Uh, so all the kids will be up here. You can pick up your kids up here because they get to shop in the general store. And now I think that's it. Um, now, if we can have Mr. Jesse Garcia come up here. He is. <laughs> Tag, I'm next. So we'll, uh, we'll keep this a little, uh, little more awkward than normal. Just kidding. Just kidding. Who knows what time it is? Happy time. Woo, happy time. Yes, that was a good one, man. That's what I'm talking about. It's happy time. Why is it happy time? Mike. That's what I'm talking about. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. Uh, so today we are going to be looking at Malachi 3. Uh, and uh, yesterday when uh, Reverend Joshua asked me to take up offering, uh, instantly I was slapped in the face with an opportunity that I was teaching the teens about on Wednesday, about uh, having to uh, control your flesh and Instantly, our spirit wants to lead towards Jesus, but our flesh wants to turn away and stuff like that. And uh, instantly, I try to come up with excuses. And what I t- what I try to tell you, Josh? That's right. I did. I try to tell you excuses. I told them. I said, I said, on a Sunday morning, no way. All caps, exclamation points, a bunch of them. No way. Instantly, I right away discredited myself and what Jesus could do through me. You know. So praise God. And uh, um, what I was teaching the kids about on uh, on. Uh, on Wednesday was uh, the difference between tithes and offering, you know. So uh, we'll look at Malachi because the Lord says it better than he, than we do, right? Amen. So Malachi 3, verse 10. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, right. Uh, if you need an envelope, please raise your hand. And these beautiful gentlemen will hook you up. All right. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. 
If you do so, say the Lord of heaven's army, I will open up windows of heaven for you. I will pour out blessings so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. So this right there is uh, uh, is an amazing opportunity for you to be involved in, uh, in, in tithing when it comes to uh, the heart situation and sacrifice because we already know when uh, when we're giving the Lord's tithe, we're giving him what's already owed to him. He've already blessed us with employment. He blessed us with opportunities. He blessed us with uh, uh, finances, um, with whatever government money that comes in, he blesses us with. So we already give him the 10% of what's owed to him. Now, by us doing that, that activates, and this is what I was telling him, that if that activates all the blessings from heaven, opens up the windows, just like it said. So he pours out uh, to where we don't have enough room to receive. Now, um, that right there is already a sacrifice for a lot of people, but offering is a different thing. Offering is stretching beyond that. It's stretching beyond what you're already sacrificing. It's stretching and going out and saying, hey, Lord, I'm believing for this, and I want this in my life, and, and, and I'm tithing, and I want all these desires, Father, but this is what I want to do. I want to sacrifice, and I want to stretch even more because I'm believing for this house. I'm believing for this car. I'm believing for whatever you're believing for, and you're stretching out, and, and you're going out in faith knowing this is really going to be a stretch for us. Uh, but you do it out of faith knowing that God's going to honor your heart and honor your sacrifice. You know, and I know that I look at a lot of these faces around here, and, and I know a lot of people have done a lot of sacrifice. And, you know, I can point to a lot of people that sacrifice to my kids' family and to my um, kids' ministries and stuff like that, too. So um, what I was explaining to the teens was uh, the opportunity to crucify your flesh right away. You know, instantly I told Josh, no, I don't want to do it. You know, because I was, my flesh was wanting to get in the way. You know, but then, you know, he, was, he wasn't letting me say no. He was like, no, it's your turn, you're up. Nope, sorry, Lawrence did it. <laughs> Miss Desiree did it. Uh, Julie's already doing everything else. Pastor Dave, you know the situation, so guess what, you're up. And I just said, okay. As, as obedience, you know, and that's what it is about, is obedience. So uh, uh, with that being said, let's say our financial faith confession. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs, our better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And for that, we give God all the glory. Hallelujah. Okay, when you're finished worshiping the Lord with your tithes and offerings, join us up here at the altar and let's praise the Lord on today. No longer bound by chains You gave your life for freedom Thank you, Lord We're coming out of the shadows Your glory tore through the veil And now your light shines upon us Cause we are free, we are yours to God be 
name we just love you lord god and we're so thankful for your sweet presence in this building this morning lord god we're thankful lord that it is in you that we live and move and even have our being lord god without you we're nothing lord and so we're just so thankful though that with you we are everything lord god we're thankful that you've given us the air to breathe lord god that you've just helped us all to get here this morning lord god and most of all lord we're just thankful for you lord for your for your love for us, your never-ending love and compassion, Lord. So we just ask, Lord, that uh, today you would just help us to be mindful of that love, Lord, and that it is your breath in our lungs, Lord God. We thank you for it, Lord. And we just ask that you have your way in this service and in everything that we do today, Lord God. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And you can all be seated. Amen, amen. Now, uh, just uh, it's a it's a great day to be in the in the house of the Lord. But I would say every day is a great day to be in the house of the Lord. Um, now, uh, I uh, when I was up here earlier making fun of Pastor Dave, I was so uh, busy making fun of him that I neglected to introduce my good friend Reba, who is here helping us do worship today. Uh, I'm so thankful that she was able to step in. Just a, a crazy, a crazy uh, week because uh, Katie Brady's out of town. So I was like, okay, well, I'll just do worship. And then, uh, then I had to, uh, Jose needed a, a day off. So I was like, well, okay, well, I'll just play drums today. And then, uh, and then all of a sudden I hear Pastor Dave's not going to be here. So I'm going to preach today. So I'm like, you know what? I, I need to bring in the reinforcements. So I called Reba in. I'm like, I, I can't do everything. So, and she did a wonderful job. I'm hopefully we'll. See more of her uh, here helping us uh, as over the months ahead. But, uh, yeah, just uh, can't say that I've ever drummed and preached in the same day, but I can cross that off my bucket list now. But uh, let's get ready to get into the word today, though. I think I've got a good word, hopefully, for us. Uh, in fact, uh, why don't we all stand up as we turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 4. I want us to stand up, uh, and we're going to read a scripture together. I'll give you a second to turn there if you want, or you can also feel free. Uh, it should be on the screen. Um, 
So uh, I don't hear too many pages turning, so I'll just uh, sound like we're going to go off the screen today. <laughs> Wednesday night I was preaching, and everybody was turning, so I had to allow extra time for people to turn. So I guess that means that the people that come on Wednesday night love God more, maybe. I don't know. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's <laughs> – sorry. Uh, let's go ahead and read this scripture. I'll, I'll read it for us. Uh, Ecclesiastes 4, uh, verses 9 through 12. It says, Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, for he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him, and a three-fourth cold is not easily broken. Amen. So let me pray one more time for us. Father God, in Jesus' name, as we get ready uh, to move into your word, I just help that, ask that you'd help us to all have uh, attentive hearts and minds to receive uh, what you have for us today. I ask that you'd help me, Lord, to speak the word that you have for us. Uh, help me to speak your words and not my own, Lord God, because we know that it's your word that doesn't return void. It always goes out and accomplishes everything that you want it to accomplish, Lord. Uh, just help us, Lord, to, to receive everything you have for us today, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. And you can be seated. So, I, uh, if you can tell by my cutesy little picture that I have on top of the screen, today we are going to be talking about... The joys of marriage. Uh, and uh, it kind of, last week, Pastor Dave was up here uh, when he still had his appendix. He was up here <laughs> uh, teaching to us about families a little bit. And so uh, whenever I heard uh, that I was going to have to get up here and speak today, I thought, well, I'm going to go right along with what he was talking about. He was talking about families. So I want to talk today about marriage. And... Uh, uh, I want to talk specifically for a couple minutes here about the benefits to marriage. Something that always drives me nuts is that in popular culture, everybody just talks about what a drag marriage is. You know, like it's like the old ball and chain. She's going to – when you get married, it's going to drag you down. And, and even worse, like uh, we start telling our kids and our teenagers, you know, you got to just start preparing now for when you get married because it's such a drag. You have to make sure that you've got your job in line, your – Everything in line because you have to be prepared for what a drag marriage is going to be. And I don't think that's the case. I think that, in fact, marriage is very uh, amazing and awesome. I mean, it's, it's kind of easy for me to say since I have such an amazing wife and we work well together. But uh, it's not just me saying that. There's been lots of studies that have come out and proven that there are actual many tangible benefits to being married. Um the first one uh, that I'll have her put up on the screen there is that they've done studies that prove that when uh, married people, it actually makes you richer. Um, there was a study in the Journal of Sociology that revealed that married res uh, respondents experience personal net worth increases of 77% over single people. So people who are married – Tend, over the course of their life, tend to have 77% higher net worth than people who are single. Uh, and which is just the opposite of what we would think, you know, well, I'm not going to have any money anymore because I've got to give it all away to my wife or my husband or whatever. But it's actually the exact opposite. Married people have 
much higher net worth. Almost That's almost 80% more uh, over the course of your lifetime. Uh, the other thing it does, uh, next thing, uh, is that married people actually have lower stress. Um, there was a study at the University of Chicago uh, that suggested that married people have less dramatic responses to psychological stress. Um, in this study, people were put through a stressful academic sim- simulation, and the single he- people measured much higher stress than the married people. So when you're uh, married, you've got someone there to help you cope with the stress of life and everything. Um, I know some, uh, some people think, well, just being married just, just adds an extra layer of stress, but it actually being married gives you an extra protection against stress. There's so many benefits to marriage, and I just love talking about marriage. I could get up here and talk about it all day, and I have the mic, so I just might. Just and uh, Pastor Dave can't tackle me and stop me because uh, he's a little hobble today. So, just <laughs> but he said he's still the he's still head pastor, so he'll send someone up here. Um, uh, but uh, you have lower stress, but also uh, married couples are less likely to be depressed. Um, There was a study from the University of Virginia that showed that single people in their 20s are more likely to drink to excess, be depressed, and report lower levels of satisfaction with their lives compared to to their married peers, uh, to married 20-somethings. And it's just, uh, I think it all kind of comes down to when you've got someone to share life with, to share your burdens with, it just makes life easier Despite how we've been, you know, we've been taught through the popular culture that being married is just a drag. You never get to have any fun, but it's actually quite the opposite when you start doing things God's way, when you do things the way that he had us do it. Um, I'm going to keep going here, but uh, there's something else that kind of surprised me. But it says that uh, married folks actually get better sleep than single people. Uh, There was a study by uh, the University of Pittsburgh. And it found that women who reported being in a happy marriage also had better sleep. The happier the woman reported being in their marriage, the easier they found it was for them to fall and stay asleep. And uh, it also said that they also found, uh, unfortunately, that uh, divorced women tend to have worse sleep than married people. And that's why it's so important for us to do our best to stay together. And that's what... We have church here to help you all the best you can. Um, but married people do get better sleep. Just bear with me here. Uh, ooh, here's a good one. Married people tend to live longer. Um, there was a study, uh, according to a study by the Mun- uh, Michigan State University and the University of Cincinnati, uh, living with a partner lowered the mor- mortality rate for men by 80% and for women by 59%. But listen to this. It says the lead researcher uh, said that marriage had an even more dramatic effect on longevity than simply living with a partner. So you can't just find someone and move in together and think you're going to live longer. Uh, It said many assume marriage and living together are the same, but it says the research showed that uh, cohabitation generally led to a shorter lifespan. Uh. Married people live longer, but uh, I think one of the reasons they found for this is that uh, the study shows that uh, married people tend to engage 
and less risky behaviors than married people. It's especially like you saw there, uh, men live 80% longer, whereas women only live 59% longer. And part of the reason for this is that there's actually a thing, there, I don't think there's a scientific name for it, but they call it uh, the nag factor. And that's because us married men, we need women in our lives to tell us to not do stupid things. In fact, uh, bear with me for a minute. I found a few pictures of some single guys I wanted Maylee to put up on the screen for us. Go, uh, go to the next. I don't know how well you can see these, but these are types of these are from single guys. These guys uh, do not have their wife there to tell them. Oh, geez. He's standing on top of a flagpole, on top of a two by four, on top of a ladder doing something there. I, <laughs> that looks like something I probably would have done when I was still single. And I, I'm, pre- I'm sure I did something like that. Let's, oh, this one is my one of my favorites. I don't know if you can see here, but they're eating lunch at work, and there's a big sign that says poison and no eating or drinking. And the, uh, the funny thing is I was actually talking uh, to Robert yesterday. I, he didn't know I was going to talk about any of this, but he was telling me that uh, he got in trouble a few weeks ago because he works at, uh, uh, at the Marine base, and so they have like a big – some sort of an oven for uh, cooking uh, – working on their uh, the parts for the uh, the military vehicles. And he said that he got in trouble because he was uh, warming up his tamales in the oven. <laughs> and you know why he was doing that? It's because Susan wasn't there to tell him that he shouldn't have been doing that. <laughs> but uh, we do – us men – need our, our li- women in our lives to help us. It does make us live longer. But also you saw the same thing uh, for, um, for women. Women also tend to live 59% longer than, uh, than single women. Um, and here's, here's another one. Uh, may come as a surprise to some, maybe not so much to others, but married people have better sex. I know. Now, uh, I know, sorry. I think we're mainly all adults here, so any kids can just earmuff it for a minute. Um, But, you know, the joke on every time you watch TV and movies, the joke is always, you know, you know, once you get married, you're just going to be celibate for the rest of your life. And they've actually done studies that proven that this is the exact opposite. It says, in truth, there was a study uh, by the University of Chicago that uh, married couples have the most sex and are happiest with their sex lives. Not single people going to clubs and having one-night stands. And uh, when they did this study, they were actually so upset because it's a a secular university. They're wanting to prove just the opposite, that there's no reason to get married because you're you're just going to ruin your life forever. And they came up. When they actually did the study and were honest with their evaluation, they found the exact opposite. Married people have the most sex and the best sex over single people by far. I, I guess that's funny. <laughs> um, but 
anyways, <laughs> uh, the, uh, that, back to that scripture we kind of opened up with. It says that um, a threefold cord is not easily broken. So um, if you have a, th- uh, a threefold cord, that would be the way we look at it as Christians is you've got your husband and your wife and you have God right in the middle of it. And if you have those three things, it's not easily broken, and they've actually proven this as well. Uh, these are all benefits in marriage that have been scientifically proven. Um, you probably uh, Pastor Dave alluded to this last week, um, but you may have heard uh, people say that uh, Christians divorce just as often as non-Christians, that the divorce rate among Christians is just as high. Um, and it depends on how you look at the study. The way that they came up uh, with that number where they were saying this uh, is the, st- the survey went more or less like this. What is your religion? And everybody in America, if you ask them what their religion is, they're going to say, I'm a Christian. And then the follow-up question was, have you been divorced? And so then it's yes or no. So if you're asking an American what their religion is, they're going to say Christian. And, of course, if you use that methodology – then the divorce rate is going to mirror the secular society because you're basically asking secular people if that's the only thing that you're doing to see if people are Christians or not. But uh, they did a study where they actually, uh, if you used a more uh, accurate definition of a Christian, uh, when they defined a Christian as someone who actively prays, reads their Bible, and attends church a minimum of once a week. The divorce rate is actually twenty anywhere from 27 to 50% lower than the national average. So when you're finding actual Christians, they pretty much never get divorced. I've heard it as low as 1% uh, in some studies. Uh, ironically, I stall, uh, there was a study that uh, people who claim to be Christians but don't go to church actually have a 20% higher divorce rate than the national average. So these people who are just, maybe they're just so used to, to lying about everything, it's not a big deal for them to run out and get divorced. Um, but two are better than one, and there are lots of great benefits to being married. A three-fold cold is not easily broken. Um, and You know, when you add God into the mix, you really have can have an awesome marriage. Now, I know there's lots of single people here today, and uh, you can still, uh, some of you may want to get married, and some of you may not. For those of you that want to get married, I would encourage you, um, the Bible does say that he who finds a wife finds a good thing. And you could say the same thing, she who finds a husband finds a good thing. Uh, The key word to me there is find. You have to actually be, you're not going to find something you're not looking for. Um. So if you want to find yourself a wife or a husband, you need to be looking. And as Christians, you need to be looking in church, uh, you know, Bible studies or whatever, uh, not at the clubs. Um, you know, you've heard dad and mom say they, my parents met at a prayer meeting. And then they were so focused on prayer, they didn't even notice that there was uh, someone that they might eventually marry even at the prayer meeting. But they met at a prayer meeting. They got married and they had a hundred kids together, so, and that's why you have me up here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but uh, for those of you that maybe don't want to get married, just maybe take notes and you can share it with your friends on on uh, 
all the benefits of marriage. But uh, for a couple minutes here, we looked at the benefits of marriage, but some people don't necessarily always have the best marriage. So I want to look for the next couple minutes on, you know, what can we do? How can we have a successful marriage? And uh, I think the number one thing is that uh, you need to learn to avoid bitterness and resentment. Avoid bitterness and resentment. Now, uh, if one person feels that they're being uh, unfairly bearing the weight of the relationship, then they're going to obviously start to feel bitter. And uh, some of you may have heard me talk about this before, but that a big uh, part of this is because there, there was a uh, there's a marriage author, John Gray, and he said that uh, men and women uh, tend to keep score differently in their marriage. And so. Uh, what men tend to do is that we tend to give ourselves huge bonus points for every single thing that we do. And so uh, what happens usually is, you know, we get up for work. That's going to be, what, five, 600 points right there. We actually go to work. Well, that's got to be at least another five, 600. Uh, we get to work. We don't chase any of the pretty girls around. We stay faithful all day. Uh, and then we just do our job. We come by the time a man gets home at the end of the day. In his mind, he's up four, five thousand to nothing. And so what we do uh, is, you know, we get home, sit down in our easy chair, put our feet up, turn on Sports Center. Now it's her turn to catch up because you know we've got five thousand points to nothing here. Uh, unfortunately, women score very, very, very differently. The way women score is uh, you get up, that's one point. You go to work, there's one point. We're, she's proud of us that we didn't chase any of the pretty girls at work, so there's another point. You got three points right there. And then by the time he gets home at the end of the day, He's got three points. But maybe she's been cleaning, taking care of the kids. Maybe she went to work herself. So in her mind, she's up 10 to 3, and all he wants to do is sit down and watch TV and put his feet up. And learning this difference can actually, for some of us men, it can be very, very discouraging. One point, no matter what I do. But... The fortunate thing about the way women score is that they hand out one point no matter how big or how small the act of kindness is. And so us men, I'm going to talk to you guys for a minute. We need to learn to really use this to our advantage. <laughs> Think about it. Small acts of kindness are what caused most women to fall in love with us in the first place. Just being a kind and considerate towards them. So the way that our minds work is we assume that uh, if we do something big and grand four times a year, you know, birthday, anniversary, Christmas, Valentine's Day, and if we go all out, that each of those events is just going to hold us over until the next big event. But in her mind, all you've done is four things all year. So you got four points right there, and you got a lot of catching up to do. 
that you're sticking together here. The good news is that we can score tons of points by doing virtually nothing at all once you realize how women score points. So when you get up in the morning, you got up, so you got your point there, but take take 60 seconds and make the bed. You've done taken a minute out of your day, and you've got a second point right there for literally a minute's worth of work. Uh, I don't know if all of you all are like me, but sometimes in the corner of the room uh, by the laundry basket, sometimes my throw is off when I'm throwing my underwear in there at the end of the day. And so by the end of the week, I've got a nice underwear monument going over here in the corner uh, by where the laundry basket is. But if I just walk over there, pick it up, and just clean up my monument, throw it in the laundry basket, there's another point right there for virtually nothing. Uh, at the end of the day, take 60 seconds, clear off the dinner table. It doesn't take much time, but you get a point for that. Here's a good one. Bring her a rose. You get a point for bringing her a rose. Uh, now, I did have to clarify with Julie. Uh, 12 roses does not equal 12 points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, uh, most women would rather have one rose 12 times a year than 12 roses one time a year. Uh, unfortunately for us men, that just seems so incredibly inefficient. We can't wrap our brains about it. In fact, I heard one guy, he heard this, and he so what he did was he went to Home Depot and bought a rose bush. <laughs> and he planted it, and when his wife came home, he said, look, now you can get yourself a rose anytime you want. Just in case any of you men are taking, especially the single guys, if you're taking notes, that is a bad idea. Do not do that. Yes, yeah. Well, you never know. You never know. Uh, but here's here's a good one. You Plan a date night out with your wife. Now, I'm going to fill you guys in on something. Don't surprise her with it because that is amateur hour. What you need to do is tell her in advance, because as soon as you tell her, that's a point right there. And here's where the point, this is where, uh, what do they say, compound interest starts to work in your favor, because as soon as you tell her, she's going to tell all of her friends. And every time she tells a friend, you're not even there, but you're getting a point. And here, you know what the best part is, is that every time uh, you're getting a point for not being there, you're stealing a point from the person's husband that she's just telling. So you're just getting double points right there. <laughs> but here, here's a good one. Engage in meaningful conversation with your wife. And to many women, this means that she talks and you listen. But you actually have to pay attention and occasionally engage. So if she's up there, blah, 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 and you're like, oh, really? There's a point right there. And she's, blah, 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 blah. I never thought of it like that. There's another point right there. Blah, 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 blah. Wow, that's a great idea. 
You get a point right there, and all you're doing is just sitting there and paying attention. I'm telling you, we don't get as many points as we're thinking, uh, like the 500 at a time, but it's not that hard to earn points with your wife. Um, but since men spo- uh, score themselves by giving huge bonus points, how uh, would a woman earn bonus points with her husband? What, is, what would you think is a really good way for a wife to earn points with her husband? Hmm. We discussed it earlier when the kids should still be earmuffed, I guess. I don't know. But uh, that's a, that's an easy one, a no-brainer for you wives. But uh, other than that, the obvious, another way is that you need to believe in your husband. Now, um, this seems easy probably to some of the younger wives, but honestly, that's just because uh, you haven't heard all the stupid ideas we're going to come up with yet. <laughs> Give it time and you'll, you'll understand. But let me tell you something, though, for you women. I talked to the men for a minute. I told them, I told the men how to, I've, I've, I'm trying to, I got you guys, you girls some favors going on here. I need to talk to you women for a minute. One thing is that it's not your God-given responsibility to keep your husband humble. Your default response to every idea cannot be, that's stupid. That'll never work. You could never do that. Because God designed us men to have very fragile egos. And if you talk like that to your husband... You're doing incredible damage to your marriage. Now, that doesn't mean that you're supposed to let him go off and do all his stupid ideas. You can steer him in the right direction. But, wives, your number one uh, most important goal needs to be you should be his number one fan. If you're always telling him that his ideas are stupid and that uh, and that he'll never amount to anything, you you know, What you haven't done, you haven't taught him to quit having dumb ideas. What you've actually taught is you've taught him that he can't share his dreams with you. Because you're not going to get him to stop having stupid ideas, but you can teach him that, well, I better not tell her. And you know what happens? If your husband never shares any of his dreams with you, then you really need to start evaluating your marriage. Why, Why isn't my husband dreaming with me anymore? And... Usually it's at this point when he's no longer dreaming with you that there will be some bimbo walk by at work, overhear one of his stupid ideas. Oh, that's a great idea. And then the next thing you know, there's been an affair start. Because uh, it says most, most affairs actually don't begin for sexual reasons. Most affairs begin for emotional reasons. So wives... You have to be his number one fan. And uh, it actually says uh, that this is especially difficult for wives of successful husbands, like doctors, lawyers, business owners, even pastors. Because all they ever hear is people telling their husband how great he is. Um, but they think it's, you know, their job to keep their husband humble. So, you know, they'll get home. You know, everybody thinks you're so great, but only I know what a true moron you are. And you, that's, it's, it's funny, but it's also serious. Like you're, 
it's not your job to keep your husband humble. It's your job to encourage him and be his number one fan. Uh, you know, anytime that I preach or lead music, it doesn't matter how many people come up afterwards and tell me, you know, I did a great job, or Pastor Dave says I'm not allowed to preach anymore. Or just, <laughs> um, but the, really, honestly, the one person that I always look for is for Julie to tell me that I did a good job. And I, you know what? I honestly don't even care if the only reason she's telling me is because she's hearing this right now. Yeah, it, it means a lot when I hear it from, I mean, you know, don't get me wrong. You can still tell me I did a good, just kidding. But uh, uh, the one person I want to hear it from is Julie. Um, but we've talked about scores. So what, a lot of times the score, it's not always even in marriage. So what are we supposed to do? If the scores become just grossly uneven, if one person is way out of line and one person hasn't been doing anything. And this is my second uh, thing I want to talk about is that we need to keep the reset button handy. Now, uh, what I mean by this is uh, back when Pastor Dave and I were younger, uh, we used to have uh, a Sega Genesis Anybody, I don't know if anybody remembers the Sega Genesis. Uh, and see, the thing was, is that uh, I know you'd be, find it hard to believe, but old Pastor Dave here wasn't that great at video games. <laughs> you know, I was actually thinking about it. In hindsight, even though I'm the older brother, that's probably the reason that he's the senior pastor and I'm delegated to third string backup. Whenever mom and dad are out of town and he's just had major surgery, because I've probably spent too much time on video games and and he wasn't as good at it. But uh, so what would happen is usually I'd be given old Pastor Dave here a good walloping. And uh, the thing about Sega was it had a little reset button on the top, and so when things got to be just too far out of line, sometimes old Pastor Dave here would sneak over and hit that reset button. And you know what happens when you hit that reset button is score goes back down to zero to zero. And you know what that did is it just prolonged his walloping. But that's <laughs> no. But uh, seriously, God has really He's given us all a reset button, and that reset button is forgiveness. If you're holding on to, to bitterness and resentment, you're only hurting yourself. Uh, Pastor Dave said it before, and I've heard others say it, but uh, holding on to unforgiveness and, and, and bitterness is like taking poison and hoping that the other person's going to die. All you're doing is poisoning yourself. Um, Colossians 3.13, I'll have her put it on the screen there. It says that we need to make allowance for each other's faults, and forgive anyone who offends you. I think this is especially true for our, our spouses. And look at this. I, I underlined it there. It says, remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. And listen here. Forgiveness uh, is an act or a choice. It's not an emotion or a feeling. You have to choose to forgive whether you feel like it or not. 
forgiveness is saying, you know, I forgive you, and I will never use it against you ever again for the rest of our lives. I'm not going to hold this against you because I forgive you. The score's back to zero, zero. And I will never speak of it again to you or to anyone else. When you forgive, we've, we've, you know, you forgive and you forget. And forgiveness is as much about your tongue as it is about your head or your heart. I, I talked in, in the, in the, um, the marriage meeting on Friday night a little bit about how we need to learn uh, when to, to bite our tongue. But, you know, is it, we say forgive and forget, but that doesn't mean that, you know, you literally can't remember it anymore. Uh, you know, when God, when it, the Bible, you know, when God says he forgets our sins, but that doesn't mean that God, like, forgets our sins. Like, man, I know Julie did something stupid last week, but I can't quite remember what it was. No, God chooses to forget our sins and throw them into the sea of forgetfulness and never bring them up again anymore. And that's our example. We have to choose to forgive, and we have to choose to forget. Um, now, today is actually Communion Sunday, and I want us to do something a little bit different from how we normally do communion. Uh, if I could have the ushers come up real quick uh, and get the communion ready. What I want us to do today is uh, I want us to actually take communion together with our families. I think this is the perfect chance uh, for us to hit the reset button. Um, maybe some of you need to ask for forgiveness. Maybe some of you need to forgive. But I want us, uh, in fact, let's go ahead and stand up if we can. Um, if, if there's any single people here uh, or people that don't have their families with them, then you're in Julie and my family today. Julie, can you come up here with me? Um, but let's go ahead and come up, uh, get your communion elements, and then I don't want you to go back to your seats. I want you to get your communion, and let's go find a, a somewhere up here in the altar area with just you and your family. Um, I'm, I'm going to have Tom play a, a song for us, but go ahead and come up and get your communion, and then find a spot with your family. If you don't have your family here, come join me and Julie. But let's go ahead, Tom, and play that song that I had. place with you and your family in a circle or whatever. Yes, I love you. 
have everybody uh, pray together for a few minutes. If you need to ask for forgiveness, then ask for forgiveness. If you need to forgive, then forgive. But let's uh, let's just take a few minutes and do that.
start making our way back to our seats if we want. Um, sorry, I should have been more clear if we can take communion with our little groups, but um, something uh, 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 I want to do today is just, uh, you know, normally we come up here and, and, and have you all come up for prayer, but if anybody needs prayer today, I want you to to find someone around you and have them pray for you because we're just talked about being a family and forgiving and love and everything. So if you need prayer for anything, uh, reach out to someone uh, on your left or to your right. Um, but uh, I think I think that's probably about all I've got for today. I, hope, I really hope everybody was blessed and learned. Uh, and uh, if uh, if you need to go home, I was just talking. Uh, two points <laughs> thank you um but uh seriously though if you if if you need to go home and forgive someone because maybe they weren't here today or something go home and forgive them let this communion we took today i was telling the people uh, in my group let this uh, communion we took today be a representative of a fresh start a, fr- a fresh slate with your uh, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be your spouse but maybe your parents your children your siblings your friends Everybody needs a fresh start, and this is our fresh start today. So uh, uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, say a quick prayer for us uh, as we wrap up. If you need prayer for anything, uh, if you if you aren't comfortable coming to, to having someone beside you pray for you, then come up, me and Julia pray for you. But I think that this would be a good day, since we're talking about families, to have your families pray with you. But um, let's go ahead and, and bow our heads. Uh, Father God, in Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, and we're so thankful for your forgiveness, Lord. We're so thankful that uh, just as, you, as you've forgiven us, we can forgive others, Lord. And no matter uh, how many times we've messed up, Lord God, it says that your mercies are new every single morning, Lord God. They're always fresh uh, to forgive us for all of the silly and stupid things that we've done, Lord. Um, I ask that you just help us to take this same uh, mercy and love and forgiveness that you have for us and apply it to our families, our friends, our siblings, our, our children, whoever that we need to forgive, Lord God, because just as you've forgiven us, we need to forgive others, Lord. Uh, help us to take this word we've learned today, Lord, and not just hear it, but to actually apply it to our lives, Lord, because James one twenty two says that if we're just hearers of the word but not doers, that we're only deceiving ourselves, Lord God. So help us to apply it to our lives and take it home and do something with it, Lord. Um, I ask that you just uh, uh, bring us back safely for service tonight, Lord God, uh, bring us back on Wednesday, and especially bring us back uh, next Sunday, Lord God. And uh, we just uh, thank you, Lord, for all of these wonderful things, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, before we say the financial uh, Barstow Faith Confession, uh, it's good. Yeah. Last, last on Wednesday, I said financial faith confession, and Norma was standing back here, and she's like, "It's the Barstow Faith Confession." And I said, "You know, I said just for that, I'm making you lead it." And so. <laughs> um, but uh, they wanted me to remind you that there's general store for the kids. That's where they get prizes for the points that they've accumulated or whatever. So instead of picking up your kids next door, they'll all be upstairs in this room up here. Uh, Pastor Dave wanted me to just remind you one more time that uh, he loves you all, uh, but he's not. he can't stick around and shake everybody's hand because he does need to go home and, and recuperate from a major surgery. But uh, with that being said, let's all uh, stand if you can, and we're going to say the – Barstow Faith Confession. Here we go. 
We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. And you're dismissed.